Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today, today is going to be a day that lives in infamy. It's going to be amazing. You do not, you do not want to miss this one. Share this out right now. You're not going to regret that decision. See you in a minute. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls, Mr. President. It's been a while since I heard that song. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. So, so, wow, what a day, man! What a day! And I see that you are um, you're you're back in the in the Oval Office. So, um, well, we have a little uh, recreation, you know, that I put together for the for the uh, office there in Dallas. <laughs> That's amazing. So how, how's the wet? I heard the weather in Dallas has been a little bit um, interesting the last few days. It's like my relationship with Laura sometimes. Icy. <laughs> so, so um, Mr. President, I, I, I'm beyond honored to have you on. At other um, times, it's spicy. <laughs> That is, I I'm beyond honored to have you on the show today, and I'll try and, to avoid dicey. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. So, so you, um, wow, wow. So you have have um, have you been? What have you been up to? Well, um, I'm still uh, I'm still at five eleven and three quarters. But it's good to see you, Ken. I, I, I want to, you know, the reason I agreed uh, to this uh, podcast thingy that you do uh, for free is because I wanted to share my heart with you and tell you that I think that you are making America break through to the next level. And I, it's, it's tearing down walls, <laughs> which, is, which is a play on your name, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Look, we have people all the way from China saying hello, Mr. President. Dennis. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. So, so yeah, I'm uh, it it is my intention to uh, you know, break down some walls and 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 help people break through walls and get over them, climb them if necessary. I've heard of my 50 caliber hammer. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so, <laughs> right, right. So, so, um, so you're you're still living in Texas. Uh, one of your one of your one of your uh, attendees said giggle. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> it's right up there with tickle. <laughs> oh Lord, have broken my soul. Oh my gosh. So um <laughs> hey, there's the number one car salesman in the world. I'm sure you already know that though, Frank Crenitti. Show so. me my last 150. <laughs> Good to see you, Frank. Oh, that is so funny. So, so you, um, ha, what have you been busy? What, what do you do in your free time? Do you golf? Do you duck hunt? Um, do you, yeah, do you I, hang I don't out have... with the governor of South Dakota and and shoot things out of the sky? What, what do you do with your free time? I don't. I don't. I don't really consider any time free. Every everything is bought with a price and pays dividends. And yeah. uh, you know, and and some some of those dividends are monetary. Woo ha! And uh, not to be confused with Wuhan. Uh, and and some of those dividends are in relationship. Yeah. Yes. That's true. So, so, so back to the original question, what do you do with your free time? What do you play? Oh, oh yeah. You... When I, when I'm not painting, well, I paint. I mean, that's what I do with okay. what I, what, what you call uh, free time. You yeah, know, you I paint, paint. paint yes. I, I'm trying to make a good impression. That's why my art is impressionistic. <laughs> So and and you know what the nice thing about impressionistic art is it leaves it leaves up to hey Sandy good to see you again I saw you on the other show yeah she, she <laughs> uh, it leaves it leaves beauty in the eyes of the beholder right you know it is it art is it stick uh, drawings it's impressionistic so it's up to you. <laughs> Is it, is it, is it, um, is, is it, are you painting like rooms or are you like painting on a canvas? I like, I like painting heroes. I like telling stories with my art. Okay. Because they are stories that, that, uh, need to be heard. And of course, in the case of art seen. <laughs> right. Right. Oh my goodness. Straight from the Texas branch of the office of the former president of the United States. That's right. Bam. That's right. So, so, um, do you ever get out and, and do you play any golf? Do you? Oh, all the time. How, yeah, how does it work for a former, for a former president? Do you still like, do you have a, an air force one junior or do you have to, do you fly coach? On Delta, if you need to fly somewhere, how does that work? It still works pretty much where I do whatever I want. <laughs> do you, Do you get to drive your own car anywhere? I just have a I just have a a bigger team, you know, <laughs> around me. I don't just kind of get up and go like when I was twenty three, you know. Right. I, I wear a t shirt and just get up and go, you know. Uh, now you got to dr dress in a suit and, and act like it, you know, it matters. Um, 
Yes, I can still drive my own car within the confines of the ranch. Oh. It's, it's like a zoo, and I'm one of the animals. <laughs> so, so you're not allowed to just go out and throw the top down and head out on the highway? and I can create that imagery. <laughs> but it ain't real. There's how, lots of guys around that are off camera. Uh, uh, how's How's Laura doing? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. She's she's never been less awesome <laughs> than the day I met her. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I took one look at her and I thought, heck yeah. <laughs> you know she uh, she was working in a library and she said, uh, hey, you got any ID? And I said, about what? Actually, I, I actually stole that joke from a, 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 a guy named Steve Bridges who used to impersonate me. <laughs> I like it, though. It's funny. That's a funny joke. Uh, that That's a nice, nice cup of coffee you got there. So, so, yeah. um, so the weather in Dallas right now is a little crazy. And um, oh, my. Yeah. Now, do, yeah, do we're you, all pretty much staying indoors. <laughs> do, do you shovel your own driveway or? <laughs> no, but we pay the folks that that do well. I'm sure you do. Both times it's needed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Mr. President, um, I genuinely appreciate you coming on here today and, 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 you know, sharing your, unbelievable gift but i i hey before you do what you're about to do which i yeah. think i know yeah can i can i share can i share something with you you sure can you can share anything uh -oh. it's this Thank is your you. show. I, I have started a new form of art it's not a new as in no one's ever done it before it's just new to me and uh yeah. i wanted to share share it with uh you guys i've i've taken up you know music is the universal language. And uh, I, I started uh, playing a little guitar, oh. you know, Texan, Tex, Texas guitar. And I got my guitar right here. Can I, can oh, I? Oh, heck yes. Just, what a gift. Very, Let's do it. It's just a, it's just a demo. Now don't get all excited. It's just oh, a little something, I'm you know, I'm excited. I'm just, I'm just starting my lessons, <laughs> but uh, here's a Texas song for, for a Texas crowd. That's it. That's it. Yep. I hope you I, enjoyed that. <laughs> I heard I heard a rumor that you had you had <laughs> I, I like heard. the part. <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Oh my gosh. So oh. so 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 Mr. President, I think um you know, this show is all about helping people have a breakthrough in life. And, and we know that, um, you certainly fa have faced some, uh, some challenges in life. W would you agree with yes. that? Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, I'm pretty but sure you may the, have faced the biggest challenge the, ever of any president of the United States. 
I hope you don't mean Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> the lockbox. That is not what I meant, but but that's a fairly fairly big challenge. Um, so so you know, I I would like I would like to um, I would like people to understand that you are a you're a phenomenal human being as president of the United States, but you're all or former president of the United States, but you're also you're real identity for those who are watching i think it's important that we let them know so i'm gonna i think so too i don't want to i don't want to go to jail (laughs) (laughs) actually i don't think we're doing anything wrong i don't think i'm pretty sure we're not you know i'm not i'm not trying to pass any laws or anything or you know get a better seat at uh at amigos (laughs) (laughs) or sign any eos or anything like that so, yeah, no, no. So why don't I remove you from screen for a second and we'll bring you back on here in a second. How's that sound? Perfect. So we can we can we can tell everybody who you really are. Sounds like a winner. <laughs> Hang on a second. All right. So the president is gonna take a quick break and he's gonna come back and join us here in just a second. Um, I have got to tell you that I am beyond honored with the guests that I have on the show today. Um, <laughs> Laura, yes, no amigos or EOs. So the guests that I have on the show, there's my mom. There's my mom. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll have, we'll have, um, our guest say hello to my mother. So I want to welcome back to the show. My new friend, who was introduced to me on Sunday um, on the Ken and Glenn show with a guy named Scott, I want to welcome back to the show, Mr. John C. Morgan. John, welcome to the show. Good to see you, uh, Bucko. <laughs> oh yeah, hi everybody. <laughs> it's hard. It's sometimes it's hard to drop character after I've been, you know, kind of hanging there for a while. So I thought I'd. Uh, show you my little my hat but uh it's great to see you dude it's so good to see you i i am um i'm i'm blown away i told you on the phone that when glenn surprised scott and i the other night and had you come on for the first few minutes and i mean three four five minutes i didn't i wasn't sure that's how good you are i literally Thank was you. like and I'm sitting here like you look like GW. How did it make you feel? Ah, uh, confused. <laughs> Happy? Oh, I I was thrilled. Thrilled. I've told I as a matter of fact, I spoke to my mother last night who's on here right now. And Hi, Mom. and and I said you've got to go watch the show from Sunday night. And I sent her the link and she called me back late last night and said she had watched the whole thing. She was, she loved it. She, she was, she was fooled too. She really thought that we had, (laughs) 
the former president of the United States. So, so John, I, I want to get into your story and, and, yeah. you know, your life story and, and what your life, what brought you to, to where you are today. And, you know, I, I always like to start with where you were born and raised. So why don't we start there? Um, I was born in Orlando before it was anything. Uh, when I was raised, I always wished Orlando could be famous like St. Petersburg, Florida, you know, <laughs> which is like nobody's heard of that either, you know, um, or Tampa, you know, yeah. Bush Gardens was a, was a thing. And uh, I, I thought, oh, if we could go to Bush Gardens one day and that would be so fun. And then I was about 10 or 11 years old when I found out Disney was coming. And I was like, I was in shock. I couldn't, I couldn't even, I couldn't fathom it. You know, it was so fun. But, but nobody, was, nobody you know, really could, right? Like oh, Disney. No. I mean, the, the, the wonderful world of Disney was on TV yeah. in color, you know? And, um, and so I would see the images of the roller coasters in Disneyland. And it was like uh, another country to me, you know, yeah. California was so far away, you know, it's like, Wow. And when it, you just as a little boy, it's just epic to hear that it's coming to your town. It was life changing. It was a significant moment yeah. when I when I heard that they were coming to uh, Orlando. And I but I was I was always the kind of person as a child that I am now. I was um, I was outward. I was an entertainer. I loved making people smile, you know, and I loved uh, to be patted on the back. I loved the accolades that came from yeah. performing, performance. Yeah. It was always in my heart. Yeah. So, so, and this started at what age? Like young, sounds like. 10? Oh, yeah. 10? Oh, no, no. Way, no, no. Oh. Way, way before that. Yeah. There are stories uh, that my relatives like to tell of me uh, basically kidnapping them and singing to them for hours. And they would like, somebody give me a gun so I can shoot myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, so it started young for you then. And, and, and so is that where, were you raised in Orlando then? Is that where? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Born and raised. Uh, you're the first the person Catholic I've education. ever met actually born and raised in Orlando. My wife too, interestingly enough. Because most yeah. people are transplants, aren't they? Like, hey, I'm moving to oh, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was not. There was nobody here. Was, you know, fifty thousand people would have been a dream come true wow. for Orlando back then. Wow. Hey, we have somebody from hell here. <laughs> wow. He literally lives in a town called Hell in Norway. That's my that's my buddy that, Joachim. Yeah. Joachim. Good to meet you. I've I've had the uh, privilege of performing at Helderdome <laughs> in Arnhem. Really, in Arnhem, yes. N uh, Netherlands. Really, but it's kind of that 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 part of the world, you know. And I, uh, I've I've actually been to Iceland, and uh, yeah, I've been to the Faroe Islands. If you if uh, if your friend from hell has heard of those, wow. So, so you've, and that's, that's where we're going to get to all of this because I, I, I recently watched, 
I think you you mentioned to me the YouTube video of you on um, Huckabee. Huckabee. Mike Huckabee show, right? Yes, sir. Was incredible. I mean, it was absolutely <laughs> incredible. You came out as President Trump on the stage. You spoke to the audience as Trump, telling a lot of really funny jokes. And then you're like, okay, this isn't really me. And you rip off the mask and you're GW. George W. <laughs> I was like, it was, it was just, it was brilliant. It's wonderful. Anybody so watching should, should go check that out. But you just know, just Google Huckabee and John Morgan, yeah, and, and it'll come up. It's, it's amazing. So you, you, um, so you started at a young age, the entertainment, entertain, trying to attempting to entertain your family, <laughs> and 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 you went through school. You graduated high school down there. Did you go to college? Well, can can we slow down? Yeah. For the uh, there's a section in my life that I know we only have an hour show, but no, I just want to. We I just have wanna, as long as you want. You know they have a they have a ride at Disney. That it zooms along, but then they want to when they want to show you a scene, the the car actually slows down. Yeah. So you can see, and you know that's what I I like to do. Certain parts of the Bible are fast, and then certain parts they zoom in to a section yeah. or a moment in history. Right. So I, as this bubbly, effervescent five year old, I got slapped around a lot in uh, grade school because bubbly, effervescent wasn't wasn't worth anything it was worth being set up as a target for ridicule and so um i i went through an awful lot of uh shame and um being told that i had zero value um i had some sexual abuse in that period of my life and it really redefined for me personally who i am and who i thought i was is not who I came to believe that I was. And now, praise the Lord, I'm kind of back. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm back living the life that I was created to live and very excited about it, but for for many years um I because of the abuse coming from others, I lived behind a a, a wall of unbelief and um had to kind of live in the shadows really, so to speak. And also during that period, my ability to love was damaged, I thought, forever. Uh, I remember actually thinking, I don't love. I don't know what love is. Mm. I can't fathom what love for my parents feels like. If they died, I don't think I would cry at their funeral. And I would have to learn how to fake cry. Uh, I was so dead on the inside. And so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be back from that death. How old were you when you realized that? Oh, probably 16. When you, when you, I mean, thought, it was I don't know what love is. Yeah, uh, probably 16. Wow. That, that seems pretty young to, to have that. I had, I had friends, you know, and, and I had all the trappings of a, of a happy life. Yeah. Uh, I had friends, I had, uh, went to parties, partied, you know, played the guitar, sang, and, 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 you know, I entertained people, but on the inside, there was just nothing there. Wow. Wow. 
So, so, and I don't want to go too fast. So you just pump the brakes if we need to slow down, but, but yeah. the, um, so you were in, you were in high school and you were doing entertainment. Like you, were you going to party? You, oh yeah. When did you start getting, I, like, when did it become professional? Like where you started getting paid? I think that's where the, maybe the, the line is like, Hey, I became professional once I started getting paid for this. Well, at age 17, okay. I got hired to play uh, top 40 songs at Krusty's Pizza. <laughs> okay. And I think they paid I'm me $7 star. an hour and all the all the beer I could drink. <laughs> <laughs> so was this like it, you were playing the guitar and doing that? Yeah, like after school in the evenings and stuff. I I, I had the I, – I, I thought Casey Kasem style for – moment <laughs> but you were actually on the guitar and and performing wow and right so where did that yeah, i've actually recorded two albums what mm, yeah my gosh wow so that's, that's where i thought my life was going to take me huh, surprise surprise <laughs> so so you went here you were so you were a musician full-fledged musician did you, maybe I need to back up. Did you graduate high school? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I tricked him into thinking I was paying attention. <laughs> right. Right. So did you, did you go, did you end up going in college? Did you go to college or was that even, mm -hmm. did you? Yeah. Uh, two year, got the associate's degree. And then uh, the next three years I was out at UCF. It was uh, FTU at the time. Okay. And, uh, but I, but I was so, uh, I was so damaged that I couldn't focus on my studies and eventually flunked out, wasted a whole bunch of my daddy's money. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Darian. What, what did Darian is one of, um, Glenn's top students. That dude is, I'm, do you know Darian? Have you met Darian? Do you I, I I think I think so. Darian, have we met? I've been to uh, Glenn's uh, class about five times. Oh, have and, you? Uh, so they're in Dallas. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, D so DB is is the man. I mean, he's he's amazing. So so um. So you you went to college. What I'm curious, what did your parents do for a living? What was their Mom and dad have an awesome story. My uh, mom, well, this we'll we'll go fast here. They met in Miami and uh she was from Chicago and went to Miami just to get some sun and my dad was fresh out of World War II and was stationed in Florida. And, and uh, as soon as he got out of the army, he went to Miami to get a job and try to, you know, start a life. Yeah. And uh, my mom was a waitress and dad was a bell bellboy at the Grossinger's Hotel and uh, wow. the sparks flew and, and well, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. And they came, so they got married, uh, moved to Orlando and started an appliance business selling new and used refrigerators, ranges, that kind of stuff. Wow. Um, had three uh, awesome daughters who are my sisters, of course. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I was the caboose. Wow. 
So, so you, okay. So you, you go to, where'd you go to college in Florida? I'm assuming. Right. It was, it's UCF. It was not named that at the time. Okay. But uh, so first two years at, at Valencia community college. Yeah. And then the, the fo following three at uh, what is now UCF. Okay. And, and so you, you got an associate's degree in general just whatever okay. they you know okay. yeah like and, i said i was only there because dad wanted me there i didn't want to be there gotcha. uh, you know my heart was in music and that's where i wanted to be so so you you graduated college and like every college kid you everybody who who gets out of college with any kind of a degree they immediately go out into the world and within a year normally they're multi-millionaires <laughs> Is this a different planet? What? <laughs> I mean, that does happen to, to a few. No, um, see, my dad, my path was set. I was working with mom and dad in the appliance business. Okay. And I was going to in inherit it when my father retired. So the business degree was just to do a better job doing yeah. what I didn't want to do, work, work in the appliance store. So because I'm somewhat compliant, I, uh, I went along with it, but it wasn't my heart's desire. Glenny, there's Glenn. He's got range. <laughs> oh yes, I was always riding the range. <laughs> uh, there's Glenn Bill. Wow. So so um, so you were you fell in love with the appliance business. <laughs> Not so much, but did, so you got out of college. Did you go back to the appliance business then? Is that, was that what happened or? Well, I, I never really left it. Uh, UCF oh. is in Orlando. So, you, so okay. I kind of worked there. Yeah. So, okay. and then, uh, not long after I got out of college, I met my one and only. Yeah. My beautiful bride, Kathy. Wow. But I met someone else significant. Uh, during that season as well, um, that changed everything for me, and that's God. Wow! In college, or right? Well, after? I was eighteen. Actually, it was right after high school. Wow! Um, and that's and that uh, that's what reawakened the original purpose and design for my life was uh, my reconnection with with Papa. Wow. That is awesome, man. So, so what did anything, um, was there anything significant going on that, 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 that kind of, was there a life changing thing, event thing going on that made you say, I mean, you said all the beer you could drink back. It, it made me think, I wonder, um, so, so was there any, all the, all the, all the pot I could sell and smoke and yeah. Yeah. So you were, yeah. you were I, was like, a, a, I was a hippie radical uh, during the 70s. A pretty clean life. <laughs> so what what did and did you did you inhale? <laughs> Far from it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was I was completely invested in the hippie drug culture. Yeah. Wow. No 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 question about it. Uh lots and lots of loose sex and yeah. um yeah, I was, I was bad. I was a mess. And that only factored into the, the person that was projected upon me. 
yeah. in those early years in grade school. I, I, you know, they say sometimes that uh, there's a such thing as self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And what you believe about yourself tends to manifest. And uh, it did in my life until, uh, again, when I found God, I found a new script and yeah. began to move into that. So, so, um, was there a moment though, when you, when you found God, were you in the middle of anything crazy or did, was it, it, if you don't mind, sure. I'd love to hear that. Like, I'm sure the sure. audience too. Well, just everything I just said, really. Um, I was in the middle of everything crazy. Um, I actually, uh, despaired of life and, uh, thought that I had, um, you know, I was just going through the motions really. Yeah. I had no plan. I had no, no real purpose other than the next buzz or the next fun moment. Yeah. There was no sense of, no one instilled in me a sense of planning for the future. So it just didn't occur to me. I, I, I lived in the present and I partied in the present and tomorrow never comes. And that's, that's the way I lived my life. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So, so, you know, I, I, I was a loser. <laughs> did you, did you find God in church or was it somewhere else? Did you end up in, in church or? Well, my mom, my mom became, uh, what's known as a charismatic Catholic. And, uh, yeah, you got that right. A fellow Bishop Morian, Christina. And, uh, there, there were some radical, um, uh, Jesus people, so to speak, in my high school years, and I was impressed by their life and the joy that they had. So that was the beginning of it, but that was just a seed planted. Then my mom kind of jumped into that scene, and um, but my rationality said, "No, this is gonna this is gonna rain on my parade. It, it sounds good, but I, I I'm not I'm not down with that because I've got my own life to live, you know, right, right. and uh, so." But because I was a compliant, complacent person who didn't want to make waves, it, but my heart for that was just so that I could keep my life going the way the, the less waves you make, the more you can keep your life the same. Right. So I, I, I lied to mom and told her I was all in on that Jesus thing, you know, but, right. but I wasn't. Right. But one day she drug me to church and to my surprise, there was a, a, a moment at the end of that service when I, I actually felt the tug in my own heart. Wow. And uh, I followed the tug to the front of the room with, along with other people and, and actually gave my life to, to, to Christ and became what's known as a born-again Christian. And uh, that was uh, 45 years ago. I haven't looked back since. And that was in the Catholic Church? No, no, that was uh, not in the Catholic Church. Oh, oh okay. Uh, my, my mom was a charismatic Catholic, but she was also a rebel. And she would go, she would go, uh, and visit wherever the, wherever the good, good message was, you know? Wow. And, uh, so that's where I was at Calvary assembly of God in Orlando. Wow. And I'm, I'm still connected. The, the man who was my youth pastor at that time and the man that was the, uh, young couples pastor at that time are still my pastors to this day. It's wow. so cool. So, so it was from that point then that life became easy and magical. N nothing bad ever happened. Well, 
I'm yeah, do you live in a fantasy land? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, that was a joke. So, so right. But, I yeah. I knew I know that. Of course. Yeah. So, so you you um, accepted Christ, and you said you were eighteen ish. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. And, and it it was incredible. The difference was night and day. Wow. Uh, huge. And so, um, really, the rest of my life has been. And, and, and I was so self-centered and selfish and I still, uh, fight against that to this day. I, I, I I don't want to make any false claims about who I am in my, in my quest, in my character. Um, but I remember the first time I heard somebody talk about servant leadership, I, it made me cry because I knew that I was anything but that very selfish, very self-centered. And, um, my desire to serve others uh, is is born out of a desire to uh, live you know the the two commandments of the Bible love God and love others yeah I love that man I love that so at that point you you got in, you were still in the appliance business with your parents right mm-hmm. um, you you turned your life over to 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 God you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. And, and things, where did things go from, from there for you? Uh, I know that it, it was at some point during your, your um, career in the appliance business that you got the tap on the shoulder for what you're doing today. Am I right? Yes. I, uh, again, being a songwriter, singer songwriter, and uh, maybe later I'll, I'll share one of my originals. Um, I, I wanted to pursue that as a career. So at one point I, jumped off the dock and uh, let the boat pull me along for a while. But I hadn't, I had not listened in college when they were trying to teach me how to be a businessman. And uh, so I I failed in my attempt to make it as a uh, Christian artist. Right. And so I went crawling back to my dad at at the appliance store after a few years of starving my family and and, uh, struggling in my relationship with my wife because of my own self-centeredness and pride and arrogance and thinking I was the next best thing to God himself, you know? Uh, And so I went back to work for mom and dad thinking that I needed to allow him to work some actual character into my heart. Yeah. Um, Thinking, what's that going to take? Two weeks, three weeks, you know? Um, And in my life, I thought, well, God will let me know when the time will come in two or three weeks, you know, for me to go back out two or three months, maybe two or three years. Uh, but I, but I, I stayed in that waiting scenario working at mom and dad's appliance store for the next 20 plus years. And it was, wow. It was so antagonizing, especially at first, because I kept feeling like, I kept feeling like life is passing by. I got to get out there, man. There's a <laughs> stage with my name on it that's empty, that needs me, you know. But in my spirit, I kept, no, wait, wait. I could. I just knew that I needed to be learning what I was learning at the appliance store about serving my family and, and you know, serving in my own local community. And I, I did s- strive to learn those things. And then... Lo and behold, years later, George W. Bush decides to run for president. 
and uh, people start tapping me on the shoulder like every day saying, do you know who you look like? You know, and, uh, <laughs> and I just thought that was cool, but I had no, no clue that it could be used for anything special. In the meantime, I'm at a church where we do plays and, and dramatic productions and they always tap me on, you know, to do the lead or, or to, to, to be the donut man, if it's a kid's musical or, you know, I was in, I just very theatrical heart. I, yeah. I love drama. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to back up for a second just to share. Uh, I was tapped in third grade to play the role of St. George, the dragon slayer. Wow. And, uh, that's a, that's an actual mythological historical person. Yeah. St. George represented, uh, uh, like a, like an angel and the dragon was like sin or evil. And so I think that was somewhat prophetic, you know, wow. of, of the call of God on my life. And then as a senior in high school, and I was in the drama club all four years, uh, at Bishop Moore, wow. but fear had taken such a hold of me as a senior in high school. I was, I was gifted. I was handed without an audition the lead role to the play. Are you ready for this? 1984. Yes. Wow. We were doing the play 1984 in 1974. Wow. So I was handed the lead, but fear was in my heart. Fear was in control of my life. And the very next, and all my best friends were in the drama club. We partied together. We, we lived life together. The very next day, I quit the drama club to avoid having to play that role. Oh my gosh! Wow, that's how that's how much of a grip fear had on me. And, and, and I, I, just, I, I, I but I love the I love the story because now I've I've overcome so much fear. You know, yeah, still have a ways to go, but I, I have up on my my phone your your book. I told you I bought it the other day, the Kindle version. And, and it's, 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 I'm only in chapter one. I'm, I'm a slow reader. Um, but, but it is a really, really, really good book and, and, and amazing, absolutely amazing, um, forward written by Alan Robertson of the, the duck dynasty family, which is, I mean, it's just an amazing, so far it's absolutely amazing. And I highly, and we'll get into that. And it's called War on Fear, which is, yeah. which is just so cool. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Right. So this, cool. this young man right here is um, my oldest son's brother-in-law. Yep. And, and he, his kidneys were failing. And my son, my oldest son, Chris, donated one of his kidneys to him. Wow. To save his life. And then and then to help him overcome his fear of heights, took him up on this huge precipice looking down over the ocean to help and 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 then took him mountain climbing for Pete's sake. Wow. And my my son is is for sure one of my heroes, my oldest son Chris. Wow. I just love him. He's he's uh, he's in he's intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and his dad isn't at all just laid back well <laughs> i'm kidding laid back pressing in 
<laughs> so 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 you got into um so so bush ran for president and people were tapping you saying hey do you you know who you look like what would you yes. say to that I, I well i didn't know the impression yet i'd say i know isn't it fun you know i just thought it was cool and yeah. people would want to get pictures and stuff like that uh you know and being the you know i i like attention person that i am yeah i loved it it was just a hoot but i did not like the lookalike industry i mean i didn't even know there was a lookalike industry i just knew there were people who impersonated elvis presley yeah. and marilyn monroe and that's that's the extent of what i knew i i had gone to an event one day where i saw somebody else impersonating someone and it, you know wasn't too impressed with it um and when somebody suggested finally my friend paula at my mom's 80th birthday party suggested that i should try becoming a professional celebrity lookalike I just said, that is something that will never, ever happen because I had no desire to be one of those people that people feel sorry for. You know what I mean? I mean, you think about the Elvis impersonator industry and it's like, yeah, not so much. And my fear of rejection, <laughs> there's no way. I was like, no, not on your <laughs> life, you know? And so, yeah, not anyway. And, but my wife, she thought about me. She knows me better than any other human. She's like, you'd, you'd, be a, you'd be a shoe in at that. You should give it a try. I'm like, no. Um, but then a few things happened and I felt challenged to seek the Lord to see if it might be his will, which I, I knew it wasn't, but you know. Right. But, but when, I, when I thought it could be, I went, oh no, you know, uh, and but but you know so there's two there's two dynamics playing number one protection and number the two i don't want to miss his will that's a big deal you know <laughs> there's no bigger deal you know so i i decided to pray and and I, so you know i took a couple of weeks to fast to prepare myself to hear the good news or the bad news whichever it was going to be right. and and then i just straight up asked god okay do you want me to become a george bush impersonator and then the voice glenn glenn morshower talks about the voice of God spoke clearly to me, not here, but here. Yes. And I knew that I had to become, but what comes along with the voice is grace. See, you don't, you know, you may not, you may not love doing something, but if you know God's in it, you can be assured that he will give you everything you need to succeed at it. And that's mm. the key. Mm. So even though I like, I don't want to do this. I don't want any part of this. Once I knew it was God, I thought, oh, and it completely changed my paradigm. <laughs> and I had to throw a couple of dimes and say my paradigm shifted. And, uh, and, and so, so my next question was, okay, how do you become a, a celebrity lookalike? And the very thing popped into my head, the internet. And <laughs> it's, it's crazy, Ken, within 20 minutes of that knowing, I was on the phone with the person, B. Fogelman, who is at the very center of the lookalike industry in the entire United States. I was on the phone with her and she told me, well, if you look like and you can sound like the sitting president, you make 10 times the money of any other lookalike. And, and by the way, last year, I was the recipient, the highest award in the lookalike industry 
of the B. Fogelman Award of Excellence. B. Fogelman has now gone on and uh, she is she has left a, a, a huge legacy. The lookalike industry wouldn't be what it is without her very hard work and influence. And so wow. shout out to her. But she gave me the heck yeah that I needed. And you know, the, they, the law of attraction. I mean, once I made that determination, things started moving out of my way and in my way and, and bam. And, uh, you know, as a George Bush lookalike during the presidency of George W. Bush, I, I know I made over a million dollars. I don't know if it was 2 million, but it was really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That Thanks, is Glenn. absolutely incredible. So, so you, uh, <laughs> that, <clears throat> wow. So, so you got into the industry and, and, so it's one thing to look like somebody. It's a completely different ball of wax. Is that the is that the term? To to have their mannerisms to to have the <laughs> to to I mean to have the the holding the eyebrows the right way, the that the the I I mean how long did it take you? That was the hardest part. To, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, on Sunday when you were on the Ken and Glenn show with a guy named Scott, I was literally just, I was laughing so much, so hard that my face hurt. But it, it, every time you did that with the shoulders, just because that's literally what he does. So how long did it take you to, um, to really hone, hone that, that part. Well, of I tell people I was a bad bush before I was a good bush, you know? Um, <laughs> and I, I look back at some of the early videos I did and it was like, I wasn't even in character, you know, I was just standing there do, doing, delivering my lines. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. My first public appearance as a George Bush impersonator was at the Sunburst Celebrity Lookalike Convention, which is coming up this fall in Orlando. It's, it's in its 11th year, I think. And um, no, it's gotta be way 15th year. I, I never was good at math, uh, but anyway, um, so I had my notes, I had my little speech and, um, and the, the, the guy that puts the convention on is a guy named Greg Thompson. And, you know, and he was, he was so excited for me. My, my first time up on the stage, you know, and doing this and I was, and I was reading through my script. So, so when they announced me, hail to the chief plays, you know, and I'm waving at everybody, making my way through the crowd, shaking hands, kissing babies, you know, and, uh, <laughs> I get up on the stage and here I am, here we go. Boom. And I look at my script and it's not what it should be. It's like page three, oh. you know? And, I, and so I'm like, wait. And I start going like this and the audience just starts laughing. <laughs> and they think this is all planned. And I'm like, just go with it. And I said, hang on a minute, folks. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I love it. That's, you know, that's life working with you to make your own, even your mistakes, you know, but that, work in that, your favor. that is literally the essence of George Bush. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> that's that's who he was. But so, I mean, he just rolled with whatever. I, you know, that's just who he is. Shame on shame on you for saying that. <laughs> Fool me once. She won't get fooled again. <laughs> that, that is so funny, man. So, so. Full of shame. So how, so how long did it take before you really felt like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting his mannerisms now. And, and the, the, I mean, because I didn't wait. Wow. As soon as I can make a web website, I put it up and I, you know, I figured, you know, I'm better than anybody else, you know, so, you know, because oh. there wasn't a lot out there, you know, sure. uh, the, the one guy, Steve Bridges, who's a, who's an, a phenomenal artist who, but he had to do a full press prosthetic makeup to become, I mean, he'd already been doing Clinton, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he was already a, a, a world-class uh impressionist doing impressions yeah and so uh his his manager randy nolan who's now a dear friend of mine came up with the idea of putting the face on him and you know he made many 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 millions millions of dollars he became yeah. known as the premier george w bush impersonator and did that famous routine where he was standing literally right next to uh george w bush at a white house correspondence dinner wow um but, but, you know, I don't have to do that. I just get up and go. And uh, so I just started booking it and it's, it took off and, and it was just so fun. So, and, and, and we may be fast forwarding, we'll jump back. But the, the, the question of the hour is, have you met GW? I have. Yeah. I met him. I met him at the Warrior Open golf tournament. And uh, Justin, thank you for asking the question. It was during the process of writing War on Fear. You see, I had been afraid to meet him because, you know, nobody, want, nobody wants to meet your hero and have him go, <laughs> you know, so. Right. But because I was writing the book, I thought I have to meet him. It, it, it's a challenge I have to overcome. Wow. So I intentionally went to the Warrior Open. Uh, and it was just a awesome experience. Now people kind of pushed me to the front of the line. You know, he was, he was, uh, getting people off the first tee and then the ninth tee, the first tee and the ninth tee for this awesome tournament, uh, wounded, uh, warriors, recovering warriors and a professional golfer would, would make up a twosome here and then over here. And each time he would walk back and forth between the first and the ninth tee, he would meet and greet with the crowd, which was a substantial crowd. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I'm wearing the same shirt I'm wearing, you know, I've got the warrior open shirt on, you know, it's so fun. And, uh, so people shoved me up to him and they, and they said, Mr. President, your brother's here. Wow. <laughs> and, and he looks over at me, you know, and he's like, <laughs> you know, and he comes over and uh, my wife's got the camera ready to go. And I said, Mr. President, it's me. Good to meet you. Uh, to be honest with you. I had no idea what would happen. I had no, I had no preconceived preparedness for all of my interns to turn into jelly, but they did. 
I couldn't even say my name. It was horrible, you know? So Mr. President, if you see this, anything I may have said to you in that day, please disregard it. And can we get a do over? <laughs> but he did say one classic line. He's, he's hugging me, you know, and I'm hugging back. My wife's taking the picture and he leans over and he says, if I had a face like mine, I'd be mad as hell. <laughs> is that not classic? That's classic. That is so awesome. Wow. It's classic GW. I was so happy that he said that because it was funny. Uh, yeah, Tony <laughs> says a mulligan. Right. <laughs> I need a mulligan. I need a do-over. George, if you hear this, Mr. President, all honor intended, let's go mess with people. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? You know, I'll be hiding behind the curtain. You walk in and then go, you know, somewhere and I'll come out. Let's see if we can pull it off. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, that <laughs> so, is so who fun. knows if one day that'll happen? I don't know. But that's what I, you know, hope to see happen. My wife is on here too, Jill. She's she's cracking up. So, so um so you started, I want to go back now to, so you started doing these, these, um, these, these, you started doing these gigs. Is that like, yeah. is that like sure. your, are, is, are they like big uh, stages? Are they corporate events? What, what kind of gigs are you doing where people would hire you to impersonate the president of the United States? I don't know. <laughs> no. Um, okay. The, the, the best scenario is when you want to surprise and delight your audience. If you want to give them the lasting impression that they've been with, that somehow you've pulled off having a former president come to greet your crowd in a manner that you know there's not going to be any uh, anything that you regret because we work together on the script and you want to have your theme, your message delivered by a former president to give it gravitas like Dick Cheney used to look for. And uh, then I'm your man. So corporate audiences and because of my heart, church audiences, I'm an excellent, I'm a trained fundraiser. So if you're a nonprofit group, a crisis pregnancy center, Anybody like that, I've, I've got nothing but rave reviews for 18 years from literally every audience that has ever hired me. That And, and I, I saw, um, I watched one of your videos from your YouTube channel last night um, at a, at a, at a um, was it a Baptist church? A, a church. I don't remember. It, it was. Broadmoor Baptist Church. Yeah. Broadmoor, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, and and you played a song on the guitar, and it, it was it was great. It, it's a great great video. So, um, and everybody should go subscribe to your YouTube channel. I'm actually I'm I, I saw your YouTube channel. I was shocked that more people don't don't subscribe. Like everybody needs to go subscribe to your YouTube channel right Thank now. Thank you. Um, I I have to switch my microphone. I'm getting that little do -do 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 yeah, sign. Go ahead. So hang on just one second. Yeah. I've got the perfect solution here.
There you go. Can't hear you. I'm glad you know what you're doing. Can you hear me? Uh, it's muffled. No, down at the bottom, click cam mic and then audio and select the new microphone. Down at the bottom of the um, the 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 StreamYard window. Can't hear you. You're muted. Maybe unmute yourself. See if that works. Nope. Not a. I, I, that should be better. There you go. It's less presidential, but you know. It's no, it actually sounds better. Sounds oh, good. Better. Yeah. So, so, um, so you, so you, you, you started doing these, these events for, and so churches like hire somebody to come in and, and talk. Mm -hmm. I did not, I did not realize that. That's pretty cool. Lot, lot, lot of that. Um, I yeah. actually, you know, I actually preach. Yeah, uh, I have I have a, a a whole heart full of messages on 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 faith, on listening for the voice of God, on overcoming fear, yeah. on blooming where you're planted, and you know, and and it it res it resonates. It's 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 great. If uh, churches a lot of times they'll have men's events, and uh, I'm a great. Sp I won the Gospel Music Association's like comedian of the year award. It's like a dove award called the Grady nut humor award. Yeah. Wow. Uh, because God is, a, uh, as you know, gifted me with not only this face, but humor. And so I can do comedy events, but I can also do motivational events that start with comedy. And then uh, along the way, there'll be music. There'll be, you know, testimony, heartfelt testimony. And at the end, you know, a call to action. That is so awesome. And your website I have scrolling. It's johncmorgan.com, correct? Thank you. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so John, um, you know, I, one of the things I, I, I always end up asking on this show, um, and, and I'm, uh, look, the, the number one answer is, is fear. So you have to do better than that. <laughs> no pressure. But the, so, what do you think what do you think holds people back in life from success financial success because you know money is important financial success and just freedom that 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 joyous freedom what do you think holds people back unbelief Better known as fear. <laughs> <laughs> so when you no, say they, they don't, they, you tell them if you do this, this will happen. They don't believe it because they have other scripts playing in their head that uh, contradict it. Mm. And if you want to replace a bad script, you have to do it with a better script. And in the motion picture business, that happens all the time. People bring an idea, a movie idea, a, a script to a producer, a movie company executive. I like this, but I don't like where it goes here. Can we do a rewrite? Mm. And in life, 
you can do a rewrite. Yeah. In fact, my hooking up with you, Ken, is a bit of a rewrite. So I'm excited about it. So am I. I really am, man. I, I'm, I'm, uh, Glenn, Glenn is, Glenn is, has introduced me to a lot of amazing people and, and you, you're, uh, you're at the top of the list, man. You're, you're an incredible human. I, I, I just love what you stand for and what you're doing for the world. You know, there was a, a time when my wife and I, it was shortly after we met, um, that we opened up our first office and I had some employees and, and, um, this one day, one the biggest employee I had comes walking into my office and he says, uh, Hey, uh, there's, there's a guy out in the parking lot looking in the windows of your, of your SUV. And I go, why you're bigger than me, dude, go get, tell him to get out of here. What, you know, he's like, well, he's got it blocked with his tow truck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, Oh, and I don't know if you've ever tried to talk the repo man out of taking your vehicle or not, but, um, that was a bad day because my, my car got repossessed in front of all my employees. Oh my and, God. and I, 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 I literally felt like, um, you know, the, the old story of the guy falling off the cliff, grabs a hold of a branch and he's hanging on, he's screaming up to the heavens. Is there anyone up there? Please help. And, and the clouds part and God's voice comes, let go. And he's like, is there anyone else up there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So like, you know, I was at that moment where I'm like, this is, this is awful. Like, I, how do I go? Where, where do I go from here? This is terrible. Life is over as I know it. It's never going to get any better. And I don't know if you've ever been in that position or not. Um, but you know, there are, uh, 2020 brought a lot of challenges for people that, that they, they weren't expecting. And unfortunately the suicide rate in not just the United States, but globally just has skyrocketed. What do you say to somebody, John, that's, that's, that's there, that's barely hanging on to life by a thread and, and they don't know which way to turn, which way to go. What do you say to them in, in that moment right now where, where that helps them get through? If you're in a place in life where you don't, you don't see your way forward. In fact, you'd have to climb five steps to get to street level in your life where you feel like you're underwater and above you is solid ice. I'm here to tell you there's a hole in the ice. Keep swimming. In 2008, the finances collapsed about the same time George W. Bush went out of office. At about the same time, corporations were shamed for having lavish Las Vegas events with entertainment. And the entertainment business went away. And my phone stopped ringing for months. And I was so depressed, scared, worried, 
I was frozen stuck on the couch. And I still remember sitting in the middle of that couch with no idea. I just knew which way I couldn't go. Mm. I wanted to go back to the appliance business. Dad would have loved to have me back. But I knew I couldn't go backward. I had to somehow go forward. And my hole in the ice came one day when I was invited to speak to a group of managers out in Oklahoma City. And I thought to myself, how can I speak to a group of managers that are actually working with jobs, managing businesses when I can't even put a roof over my head, barely? This was um, Mardell Christian Bookstores owned by the family that owns Hobby Lobby. Mm. Uh, very successful billionaires. And I felt so, you know, inauthentic, like an imposter going out there to speak to them. But I went out. And as I was speaking at my, my first book called My Life as a Bush <laughs> was, <laughs> was for sale in those Mardell Christian bookstores. Wow. And I did some in-store book signings. And the first one I went to, they wanted to give me a gift for speaking. And I looked over to my right and I just saw a book called Facing Your Giants. And I knew I was facing a giant. Mm. So I, I said, I'll take that book right there. And I took that book and I began to read it. And I, ironically, I had just randomly seen a movie clip as I was preparing for this gig from the movie facing the giants. Yeah. A, a football movie. Yep. And the clip that I saw was the death crawl scene. Yep. And in this scene the the team had given up all hope for Friday night's game because they, they were outmatched, out talented, and they had no faith. And the, the wise coach had the, number one player do this exercise blindfold and and he was able to go with the coach's help way farther than he ever believed possible his name was brock brock yeah. right right you remember the scene oh yeah so so i saw that then it, then i started reading this book same title and that sunday i was invited to church and in the middle of the sermon, the sermon was called Never Give Up. Mm, wow. That pastor has now gone on to his eternal reward. But mm. he preached the sermon that day. And as a visual aid to the sermon, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Here I am halfway across the country, sitting in a church with people I don't know. And God met me there. They played that same exact movie scene. And this movie was 10 years old by now, probably. I don't know how, how, I mean, it was seemingly so random and yet God was speaking to me. Don't give up. I've got this. I've got you. There's a hand holding you that knows where you are, exactly where you are, exactly what you're going through. Don't give up. The light will come and you'll make your comeback. So true, man. 
so true. And for anybody who hasn't seen that scene, Larry Schneider says that was a great scene. I've seen that because I, you know, back then, 2010-ish, it was um, still, the economy was still not good and and i i it was it was tough i watched that scene many many times <laughs> many times have you given it your very 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 best and and you know i truly do believe that god will be there but we got to put in the work and the the paralysis the fear fear can paralyze us and i know that you wrote a book about fear and i'd like you to talk a little bit about that about the book show it again sure war this on is fear it. and the subtitle is what would you do if you were not afraid and the green screen makes the bricks come through i'm sorry about that. <laughs> no it's awesome it's part of the ocean <laughs> and i know what i would have done i would have played the lead role in my senior class play, 1984. Thank you, Colleen. I know what I would have done. I would have taken many gigs that I chose not to take. And that's me. What about you? You see, God has a voice, but so does fear. Fear will usually speak with words that start with sentences like, what if? In, in my book, I talk about Mr. What if? He's yelling at you. He's preaching a form of reality that isn't real. Fear, it might, fear, fear actually has a, a positive role in our lives. Fear can keep you from falling off a cliff, be careful, but can also keep you from climbing a mountain mm. and taking that challenge that's before you. Fear will often indicate the exactly way you should go, the exact way you should go. The thing that you most fear may well be the compass pointing you in the best direction for you to take. Examine your heart. What are you afraid of? It might be your life's call. Wow. When did you write the book? What year? Uh, I finished it about four years ago. Okay. So um, it's. But still, I still live it every day. Yeah. And it's still a fairly new book that, that everybody needs to go grab a copy of. And I know it's on johncmorgan.com. It's on Amazon. You have the. Hard is it hardback or paperback? It's hardback, but you can also pick it up on in Kindle form or on Audible, read by the author. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go to audible.com and just search War on Fear. It'll come right up. I want to say um, a huge thank you to Glenn for introducing us. Um, Glenn Morshauer is, um, as you already know, there's God definitely broke the mold after he made Glenn. He's like, um, Glenn is, is an incredible human being. And, um, and I want to thank him for, for introducing you and I, 
And John, I want to thank you. Um, you're incredible. And I'm not talking about, you know, the, in the, the forward of your book, why can't I remember his name? Alan Robertson Robertson um, says he talks about that. He talks about your ministry in the forward. He talks about um, beyond the impersonating president Bush, that the person that you are, and he talks, talks about your wife, um, that you're, you're just a, an incredible couple that you're, you're, you're the epitome of what Jesus taught. You're, you're literally, that's who you are. I would love for you if, if the, if it's still on the table, I'd love for you to play a song. Oh, sure. Originals. Can you do it with your microphone set up? I'm sure you can. Yeah. It won't sound as great. It won't sound as super duper as, as if I had the uh, guitar plugged in, which I wish I did. But uh, I didn't plan properly for this. I apologize. Oh no! This is this is awesome. But this is this is a song that came to me, literally. The 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 body of the song came to me in five minutes, and uh, I knew it needed a a bridge, and the bridge came to me just as quickly. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, especially when you find out what rhymes with e pluribus unum. <laughs> well, there are two sides to every single story, the passion and the glory, just trying to make it through the day. You know, we're trying to come together, arm in arm and hand in hand. And with my brother, I will fight to unify our land. America, home of the brave. We stand strong when we're willing to change. And I will fight the feet of freedom and bow down on my knees, praying for a healing, fighting for the freedom my brother and me but on the other hand there are those who would undo us unruly who would rule us and break us all apart and I will stand beside you and fight against injustice and lawless ones among us come on let freedom ring America, home of the brave, we stand strong when we're willing to change, and I will wash the feet of freedom and bow down on my knees, praying for a healing, fighting for the freedom of my brother and me. Pluribus unum, get your guitars in tune um. Harmony and melody, let's make a little reverie. Pluribus unum, get your guitars in tune um. Harmony and melody, let's make a little reverie. Pluribus unum, get your guitars in tune um. 
harmony and melody. Let's make a little revelry. America, home of the brave. We stand strong when we're willing to change. And I will wash the feet of freedom and bow down on my knees, praying for a healing, fighting for the freedom of my brother and me. Praying for a healing for my brother and me. Fighting for the freedom of my brother and me. America. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That was Thank you. That was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. The very first time ever in the history of Breakthrough Walls that a president has played <laughs> guitar and sang a song. That is amazing. You're very welcome. Hope that, your folks enjoyed it. That was amazing. <laughs> wow. People are look, look at all the applause. You can't oh, you can see you can see all the comments, by the way, if you click on comments on the on the stream yard there at the Oh, now you tell me. <laughs> I sh I sh oh hey everybody, look at y'all. Jiminy <laughs> oh, Cricket. There is oh wow. Wow, wow, wow. I don't even know what to say. That's incredible. That Thank was you. incredible. John, wow. Man, I I I'm blown away. I'm blown away. Look at all the look at all the applause. Y'all are so kind. Wow. Thank you so much. So awesome. John, is there anything else that you would like to leave the audience with before we end this live stream? There's not enough time to not go all in. That's it. I love that. John, stay with me, please. I'd like to talk to you after this. And um, wow, I'm I'm in awe. I'm in awe. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. God bless you. God bless everybody watching this. If you share this out, there's probably extra blessings for you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't have to share it out, but that would be awesome if you did. John, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you to everybody who's watched and shared this out. You guys rock, and we will see you later. John, thank you so much. Everybody go to johncmorgan.com. Is, is your social media all on there? Is that where people can follow you? I think so, and if not, you're going to help me get it there. We'll get it there. Okay, well, <laughs> hey, thank you all. Appreciate you all. Love you all. Many blessings to you, John. Thank you. God bless. See you guys.